Hey guys, today we'll be spending some time with the ladies from the Mistress Class, an initiative created by Miss Marie Ang. She was a guest on TFC and she came on the show earlier to share with us a little bit on how to better manage our finances in a marriage from her viewpoint as a marriage counsellor. So do check out that episode and stay with us today to learn more about the unique financial challenges that ladies face in the world today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Good morning, everyone. Today, we are joined by Miss Marie Ang, Miss Evelyn Chu, Miss Jeanette Chan from the Mistress Class. They represent ladies from different phases of life, from the young upstart to the entrepreneur women to the super mummy. And we will be exploring their unique financial challenges in their day-to-day lives as women in the modern era. So welcome on the show, ladies. Hello. Hello. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thanks for taking time uh, to hang out together. But before we begin, right, to go into all the juicy bits, I would love to hear a little bit more about you ladies. What do you do, you know, and what got you to be part of this class? Um, hi, my name is Marie. I'm the Managing Director of Solomon's Skill and also the Headmistress of Mistress Class. <laughs> so when I first started Mistress Class, everybody kind of like gave me that weird look like mistress, the word, you know. And um, yes, um, yeah, but actually if you look at dictionary, there are 11 definitions of mistress and out of the 11 definitions, 10 are good ones, which means that you take care of yourself, you're in charge of your home, you know, you're a refined person and all that. Now, but that's another story for another day. So um, with that, right, I hand over to Jeanette, who is a financial guru that I aspire to be and uh, she inspires me too. Thanks a lot, Marie. Hey, hi everyone, I'm Jeanette and uh, I'm a financial advisor with St. James's Place Wealth Management. So basically, I help people to plan for a stronger financial future through um, prudent investment management and proactive retirement planning. So it's great to be here today with you ladies and Reggie. Hi, my name is Evelyn. I'm actually a second gen in my family business in the steel industry. So I'm also managing my own uh, sports media business. Uh, it's called Ministry of Adventure. So it's a blessing you know, to be invited over here to share about our financial literacy for, from a millionaire's perspective. Based on what you ladies have shared, I'm sure you, know, you transcend a wide array of experiences. So I'm just kind of curious, maybe you could share with us what are some of your ongoing challenges that you are facing, unique to you, right? And um, what are you championing yeah, for women out there? So um, <clears throat> I'm a solopreneur and uh, you know, people think that uh, being an entrepreneur is very sexy and all that, but uh, there are lots of things <laughs> inside. And, and when we, are, when we are employees, right, it's very um, what you call tunnel focus. So you just focus on your job. But when you are an entrepreneur, you basically have to have hands 
on practically in every aspect of your business. And of course, finance is one aspect of it. During this COVID-19, I realised that, you know, the biggest thing is where is your next um, contract going to come in, whether you can continue to do what you do, you know, and how are you going to get your business going and so on and so forth. But of course, if you have some money on reserves, you can kind of like say, okay, I can switch or pivot my business. But when you have no money in that respect coming into the business, this is one of the biggest issues how the business can keep going because fundamentally there are three things that, the, that, that keeps a business going is not just money but also the people as well as your products and services. So um, my challenge in this COVID of course would be the financial aspect of things like how can we keep sustaining the business? How are we going to pay the rent, pay the employees and all those things? Yeah, so that would be... Uh, the current challenge yeah, yeah, you're the facing. Yeah, the current challenge. Exactly. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. Thanks for sharing. No problem. Um, I think tapping on to what uh, Maria mentions about the, the business ch challenges, right? Uh, as for me, myself, uh, because I'm managing my own business and for my family business, I guess the, the key thing is about how can we adapt the new technologies and uh, especially in this uh, COVID situations. And for me, uh, my mission is also have to bring in the second wave of success, you know, that what uh, first generations uh, people has built on. Yeah, so that's the things that um, I think for my perspective, um, I mean, and my generations, right, we, we actually have to face. Yeah. Mm, that's great. So I'm Jeanette here. Uh, just like to share a bit of background, maybe about myself. Uh, over the past 15 years, uh, I've moved 12 times over three continents. Uh, nice. Mainly in the exciting world of investment banking, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and I only returned to Singapore last year. Um, Why? But talk about your <laughs> Why? 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 <laughs> <laughs> Why come back? So exciting out there, right? But that's another story for another day. As we say, it's too long for this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But talk about stretching your comfort zone. You know, I, I guess I enjoy embracing uh, new experiences. I love the great outdoors. Uh, there's so much to discover and learn. I think if we have an open mind and adventurous spirit. Now. But uh, since I came back, I mean, my children have gone through three different school systems as well, UK, Australia, and now they love the exams in Singapore. Um, so I'm, I'm very passionate about talking to actually women, uh, working mums uh, in this aspect, you know, trying to juggle it all. Uh, and especially in, the, in terms of financial literacy, because, uh, you know, I'm doing wealth management now. And I think women just sometimes, uh, you know, leave too much to their spouses to take care of, you know, and, uh, and, and I feel that it's, uh, you know, this is a way to empower them, you know, to be, to, you know, start with education first, you know, awareness, and then from there, you know, they feel a bit more confident, more comfortable to, to talk about things like that. Yeah, I definitely want to talk to your kids about exam in Singapore. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> they, they really love exams in Singapore. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. 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 Now, now, now I get a better idea. Yeah, yes. but that's that's another really big topic. Yeah, right? definitely. Yeah, which I'm I, very passionate about. You know, we can talk yeah, about that. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Well. Yeah. So we yeah. we definitely can talk about you know like employment future for the next generation. Mm. You know, what are the, some of the challenges? Are the schools preparing our kids for future? You know, uh, employment in the market, right? Yeah. So that is a whole different topic, and I'm sure we are, we can have a lot to talk about. I also yeah. want to focus on working moms slightly later, but seems like in the house we have a lot of entrepreneurs, right? Everyone one's kind of like very entrepreneurial so you know my question goes to Evelyn and uh, I just want to hear from you what are the challenges you know when you you as a woman in the house you take over the family's business or you are trying to rise up 
to the family's expectation because it's a second generation. So from my experiences interacting with people that are doing second generation business, right, it's a different ballgame, right? There is a lot of family expectation and then they want breakthrough, but then you need to work within family grounds. You know, there are a lot of these kind of very unique social structures that you work with and being in such a sector which is like super male dominated, right? What are, what are your thoughts and what are some of the challenges that you face? Share with us, please. Yeah, um, I think... One, the key thing is about finding our key identity in this ground as well. Because uh, with, uh, for my friends, we are also second generations, right? We actually have that. When we're born, we actually have that expectation on us, you know, like that we can bring the success that our families have brought up earlier on. Yet, you know, the market has been changing, you know, technology, new technology arises, and we are more adapted to those kind of like, social media, all those kind of uh, digital marketing kind of uh, uh, skill sets, you know, and which is not so um, receptive for our family as well, <laughs> because they, that's not what they try, you know, what they mm -hmm. do, you know, that's where they have their expectation over mm -hmm. there They well. still give flyer back then, that kind of, they give a print, the whole yeah, thing, and correct, then correct, send correct, to the correct, folder, correct. nice, nice, sweet, sweet, send to the address, right? Yeah, yes, correct, yes. correct, correct. So, 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 so one of the example that I can share is that you know when I just joined a family business, I totally like I kind of relate to what you're saying. You know, they would just drop me uh, the booklets. You know, ask me to go and call, call. <laughs> yeah, like yellow page girls kind of thing. I was like, what? <laughs> I was totally culture shocked about that. So, mm. but I bring up to my dad. My dad say, oh, that's this is what we did. You know, in the past. Mm. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, so you say you learn first. You learn first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, long story short, actually, I have tried. Uh, I think one of the thing is that how can we uh, manage uh, their expectation as well because. I think there are certain uh, trust and confidence they need uh, from us. So, like the second generation, we can't really like come in with the perspective. That, oh, right! I want to revolutionize everything. I want to disrupt everything, which they will not be able to adapt with that. Also, so we need to have the empathy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. First of all, we need to have the empathies towards the first generations. Secondly, is that we need to have the patience. Yeah, mm -hmm. to build their trust and confidence with us. And thirdly, is that we. Um, we shouldn't lose our identity. Yeah, despite what they say, they have their perception. We also must, you know, like voice out. Yeah, we say we can voice out with uh, sharing statistic data and also the track records that pe those people who are, who actually like have bring in a new way for success. Right? How do they do that? And then to convince the uh, first generation. Mm. Yeah. And well, thanks for sharing. I'm, I'm sure we, we don't want to go into all the family juicy gossips. <laughs> la, okay, that one next time, okay? But, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know, I'm, I'm sure that's like exactly what you say about like managing expectations, yeah. right? So in our societal context, right, there are a lot of expectations for women, right? And I, I believe the changing landscape of what women does, you know, today, right? In the past, you, you don't come to the workforce and now you have to do the workforce, but then you still got to take care of family, right? So there are a lot of different kind of new expectations for ladies. So I, I just want to give you ladies some time to... Talk about what are some of these expectations in that is very very concerning to you, you know that you have to juggle it. But actually, her nan one, you know, yeah. Okay, so maybe uh, I can give I can share my perspective as a working mom, and in a sense that uh, you know trying to have it all. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I want a successful and rewarding career. I want a loving marriage. You know, happy, well-adjusted children scoring straight A's, <laughs> and who don't like to play games. Uh, you know, and uh, super fit and the national sports people, you know. <laughs> and then at the same time, I want to run marathons. I want to do so much. Spartan, Spartan race. Yeah, we're going to do that, right? 
Um, yeah, so how do we do that? You know, I just want to share with everyone, it's, it's not a myth. Mm. It's possible, okay? But, mm. you know, you really need to be very clear about your goals, what you want to achieve, what you want to do. Uh, and also, you know, have very, very good time management. Yeah, mm. and uh, you know, don't expect to sleep too much, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. yeah. So I mean, I think it's it's really a matter of um, you know trying to to do too much. Actually, you mm. know, I think women tend to be quite good at multitasking as well. You know, uh, I mean, in terms of work, I feel that uh, sometimes we do too much. You know, on the job, you know, if you're if you're uh, working, you find to take on a lot. But the problem is, you don't you don't you're too shy about it. You know, so you do it, you're very good silent workers. You know, we do a lot and we say, oh yeah, yeah, I can do that, I can do this. No? But we work till really late, you know, or you work till work weekends, you know. Mm. And I feel that that is what we are lacking as women. Mm. We don't, it's not that we want to brag about it, but we should be more visible, especially to management, to our bosses, mm. to their bosses, you know. And something that I think we really lack and we need to improve upon. Because then that also leads to the next uh, thing about you know gender gap pay gap you know in a way because if you're not visible people don't know perception is key right mm. especially these days uh, and you know we can work silently in the background but you know we should be also going out to uh, office social events you know um, and mixing around with other people other departments even you know but we tend to just want to do our work and then rush home whether mm. it's you know to our families etc uh, which we're trying to juggle as well but I think if we are talking about the work workspace, um, we, we really need to, 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 to show what we know yes. rather than just do it and then you know, let somebody else take the credit, which yes. we seem to be okay with. I mean, not we, okay? I, <laughs> I'm not, but okay. I think most women tend to. It's mm. like, oh, it's okay, never mind, I can do it. Mm. And mm. then they just, you know, kind of silently in the background. So I, I, I like to encourage, you know, more women to uh, stand up, speak up for themselves. Awesome. Yeah. And let's double down on, on that point about pay gap. Right. Yeah. So from what I get from you, uh, what you were saying just now, it is very much about because women, you do all these things, but then you don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're, you're, you're a silent doer. Right. And then you do, 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 do. And then you pass to your boss and then the boss go and present. And it's like, so what's what? You know, that kind, right? So you don't, you, don't, you don't present yourself. So then it impedes your ability to move up because you're not recognized for your work. Mm-hmm. Right. So that is one form of pay gap essentially, right? Because you don't get promoted for the work that you do. Mm. But I think when we talk about gender pay gap, the very real discussion is about do you do the same thing and be paid lesser just because you're a lady, mm. right? So mm. I, I want to hear like, do you ladies have such an experience? You're actually doing the same thing. Women are young, doing the same stuff, same years of experience, but actually you're paid lesser. And you know how, if, if that's the case, how, is that the truth? And how do you feel about it? So, <clears throat> pay equality and uh, purpose-driven life is two separate things because, you know, you can have a lot of pay, but if you're not happy in what you do, you're not, you don't feel purposeful, it's, it still defeats the whole purpose. So I boil it down to uh, five things, which is, you know, purpose, relationship, identity, mentality, and esteem. And all these are what, what uh, drives us sometimes in a sense. For example, if you have a purpose-driven life, it doesn't matter they pay less or pay more or even volunteer for that matter. You're happy doing it. So, mm. so in a sense, in, are you happy doing what you're doing? If you're not happy doing what you're doing, then you are not pursuing your so-called passion. Uh. For me, I use the word conviction. Yeah. So that's one of them. Uh. Now, your relationship with the people, 
in a sense, um, do, do you relate to them because you have something to gain from them or do you think that, you know, your relationship will help you climb the ladder to success? What does that mean? It means that, you know, do you just say, you know, I am better than most people, but are you? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Are you taking time to upskill? Are you taking time to, you know, learn to relate? You know, Harvard University, so I stand corrected, uh, did a test on 100 students kind of thing and I think that 76% of them fail. And why they feel was because the questions we did are more are people related than process or knowledge base. Mm. So so if if that's the case, right, you know, anything can be learned, mm. to be honest with you. But relating with people is one of the hardest skills. Learning to listen is definitely one of the things that you know we need to to learn. Uh. Then it comes to identity. So just now, uh, Evelyn said about identity. Now, identity is talking about, you know, not just gender. It's talking about how solid you are. Do you have an affirmed identity that you are who you are, that you're not moved by, you know, the trend, the current trend or what's happening out there, you know, or, or the next bling in that sense. Uh. So your, your, your identity should be, I'm a human being first, you know, with all the emotions, mental, spiritual, physical, whatever that may be in that sense. And then the mentality, do you have strong mental forte? Are you easily swayed by things or are you uh, emotionally driven in a sense? You think, therefore you act. But actually, no, we think we don't act. Mm. We think, we act based on our emotions, what drives our emotions in a sense. Last but not least is our esteem. Now, why is it so important in a sense? Because, you know, I was just having a conversation with somebody yesterday. I said that, you know, a lot of women, a lot of women, I said women, are driven to have relationship because uh, that can be toxic. And it's not to do with the toxic relationship, but it's their self-esteem. So it's almost like when you have low self-esteem, the kind of people that you attract, are not the desirable type in a sense. And if you have high self-esteem, I'm not talking about arrogance, then the kind of people that attract, that you attract will be of a higher caliber in a sense. I'm not talking about reach or anything. We're not talking about all these things. I'm just saying that the kind of people that you draw in is dependent on how you behave, how you, how you uh, in a sense, like, you know, have a higher self-esteem, confidence, yeah. all these things are basically. So when it comes to, Things like, you know, pay gap and all these things. Again, I think if I were to put it in a one-liner, it would be like, are you happy in what you're doing? Because it doesn't matter how much money is given to you, you may not be happy in what you do. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I fully understand that point. Yeah. And I get that, like, guy or girl, men or women, you want to reach the level of satisfaction, the sure. level of assurance and... You know, ultimately live the life that you believe and the life that you love beyond just about, oh, how much am I paid? Yes. Right. But I think the discussion around gender pay gap, it's, a, it's definitely beyond just the pay. Correct. Right. It's definitely about stereotype, you know, stereotypical yes. viewpoints and yes. old social norms. Right. Yes. Which is why I think it is, I'm not a lady, but I, I, I feel like it is something that a lot of women are concerned about. Not because that I'm actually being paid less, but because you know, I feel like I'm not as worth, although I'm doing the same thing, right? So, do you want to kind of share a yeah, bit Yeah, this one I, I totally can uh, add on some point because especially my ladies like my age, right? Um, we kind of, most of them are single. Like we are late 20s, right? Going to the age of getting married. So, uh, one of the key things that I experience, right, is that um, my friends are, I mean, like some of my friends, they are the, the hiring manager, 
So there was like, we were having a chat about like, about uh, this kind of gender stereotyping and stuff like that. They, what they, they shared with me is that, um, because women like in their late 20s, right, they will definitely right, consider the point that uh, we are going to get married soon. And then they will ask these questions, oh, are you like uh, going to married soon? And things like that, because they will expect you, maybe you will have to take more leave, maternity leave then uh, that will affect the productivity of the company because you have a new family, you need to take care of a family, yeah, the, the new kids that's coming to the family and stuff like that. So, so the, the, the hiring manager will, definitely, will have that consideration. So truth be told, yeah. Mm. So that's, that's one thing that uh, along, among my peers, right, we, we actually have been discussing about this thing that we should... Is, is it like a social norm thing or is it something that we should actually bring out you know, to question about this? Mm. Yeah. Second thing is that I, my personal experience, right? I, I think other than uh, uh, the payment gap and things like that, I think it's also uh, the opportunities-wise as well. So when I earlier days, uh, when I was my early 20s, I do my startups, like tech startups, right? I, the personal experience that I got when I went to VCs as a female founder with my CTO and my team, right? Uh, the VCs right, uh, know that we are, do we are doing fundraising. So when you look at me, say that, oh, so who is the boss? And I say that I'm the founder. And then he, will, he just, in the front of my face, he just say this, oh, I, I know that um, women generally uh, spend more money. Yeah, so in, in, in another way, it's like this, this uh, startup is going to spend all my money, you know, things like that. So, and then he's like, switch away and talk to my CTO and my team. It's like, I'm invisible there, you know. She will like, ask those technical questions, you know, think that I don't know what they're asking for. So that's the, the, the very, very real life experience that hit on my face about gender stereotyping, yeah, which I'm very excited to share about this yes. because that is like at a very young age, right, and I already experienced that. So I, I can't imagine, right, women, right, when they go older, the generation go pass down, right, what are the challenges they are going to face more? Mm, that, that is very real, like, because it is so real that there are VCs that are women-focused, yeah. right? You know, if, if, it, if it's not a, a thing, then we don't need to do that, right, yeah. in, in actuality, right? So, so those are the solutions that are trying to be crafted so that we can then breach that, that you know, dissonance over time, right? But I think Jeanette has a lot to say about, like, women spend a lot of money while just so she got reaction, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, wow, wow, where are we, right? So, yes, yeah. could you share with us, like, why, why that reaction when, when men say, you know, women spend a lot of money, right? Essentially, yeah. that's the context, right? Yeah. A man said that women spend a lot of money and you don't agree with that. Yeah. Right? So I, I want to hear your, your emotion, your feeling. Yeah. In fact, in fact, women are very good at saving money. They're too good mm. at saving money. Coming from a wealth manager, by the way. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, you know, I mean, men spend a lot of big ticket items. You know, women sometimes, the small, small things, and they all add up, right? But I, I, I did a research recently. Um, there was a paper published by NUS and MOM, MOM, funny mm. enough, uh, in January. And it shows that women in Singapore earn about 6% less than their male colleagues doing the same job. And you take, and they took into account the age, uh, education level and industry. Uh, and also men are becoming increasingly overrepresented in higher paying occupations while women uh, in lower paying roles. You know? And um, actually, in my personal opinion, I think the gap is wider than that. Uh, and maybe that's because I come from the banking and financial services sector where you tend to have um, you know, a, a higher pay range. Um, so again, it comes back to why, why that is so, right? Mm. I mean, even in Singapore where you know, we are so progressive, we're so developed, there's a lot of opportunities for women uh, in Singapore actually. Um, but again, I think it comes down to that, that silent worker 
mentality and you know uh, not wanting to stand out you know or and being the supportive role sometimes um, which uh, you know I think maybe a mindset needs to change around that you know for women a lot of my friends I say you know do you know how much you should be paid doing this role you know so many so much research out there if you go google it this position this title what is the median pay range go and check it out how many times have you talked to your boss about a possible pay rise mm. you know I, I'm very sure men do that <laughs> a lot more, you know? And maybe they get hunted as well. Then they have a reference and they say, oh, okay, somebody's offering me 10% more. But, you know, uh, if you really do well in what you do, uh, don't be afraid, you know? And uh, it can be something, an open conversation you can have. And maybe that is what is needed because then the boss, if you don't ask, you never get, right? And so that, I think, is, is one thing that, that um, maybe could be improved, yeah. But I would say that women... Um, I mean, one point that uh, Evelyn said was about, uh, you know, taking time off, you know, or, um, you know, to start a family, have children. And that is very true. That is so true. You need the time. You want to spend the time with the, especially when they're young. Uh, but that doesn't mean you're less productive. I know so many women who work crazy hours because after they've done everything for the kids, you know, uh, cooking, cleaning and everything and putting them in bed, reading bedtime stories. And they go back and they switch on their computer and they just continue going on. And, you know, they make sure the presentation is perfect. You know, they want to get the job done because they feel they need to compensate for the time that they're not in the office, you know. And they may have to leave early, but, you know, when I was working in the UK, I learned something. I was working till 7 or 8 o'clock one day, and my boss came up to me and said, are you okay? You know, what's wrong with you? Why are you the only one left in the office? That means you are not, are we giving you too much? Or, you know, are you, you know, he was actually looking at it as a point where I was not being efficient mm -hmm. or productive. I'm not doing well and therefore I have to stay late. Mm. But that is another, okay, that's maybe another different thing about, you know, uh, perception again. Yeah, cultural perception. Cultural yeah, perception. Oh, yes. you stay, oh, you go leave early, you leave at six o'clock because you need to pick up the kids or whatever, mm -hmm. then you are lazy. Mm -hmm. But this person actually tried to overcompensate, I think, you know, by doing it late at night, even over weekends, just to make sure that they can do it well. Yeah. And so I, I feel that um, that's something that women, you know, uh, also, you know, um, should should uh, should recognize, you know, and 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 their bosses as well, you know, hiring managers, as mm. you say, Evelyn. Mm. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So so I just want to add on to what I mentioned earlier about the five things, you know, the PRIME kind of thing, because at the end of the day, stereotyping comes from misunderstanding also. Can I just say that? So in a sense that if you are, like what uh, Jeanette say, you know, you're good in what you do, be confident enough to step up and say, I can do this, I need to be paid this. Yes. So your self-esteem comes in because a lot of us are like so afraid of, of saying things because of we think we are not worth this much, therefore we dare not ask. That's right. You know, so why not ask? Like, I'll give you an example. When my company, uh, previous company, I work at MNC, got taken over, right, merger acquisition process, there was this spot for me that, you know, um, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. And I was always been stereotyped as a personal assistant until, you know, the new CEO came and then he asked me, this is a brand new uh, sheet of paper right now. Where do you think you fit into this new company? You know, I put my hand up and I said, I want to do um, corporate affairs. And I want to be head of corporate affairs. Now, and I was like, and, and he was like, okay, good. Um, so what do you want to do? I said, I will craft up my roles and responsibilities. I will write it out what I want to do. Because after all, right, 
some of the roles and responsibilities are published in the newspapers, are, are copy and paste. <laughs> Doesn't even make sense, you know, for a certain position. Why not carve out your own destiny in the sense in the company? As a woman, why not do that? Because we are very flexible. You know, we know the job. We don't just know the job, the functions of the job, but we know what entails in that job, the functions of the job. You know, how to relate to people. Women are by nature quite relatable, you know. And also the fact that, you know, we can have nurturing um, attitude. We can nurture the younger generations. We can guide them through some storms of life. So this is where I think that if you talk about pay gender, you don't talk about payment la, for that sort of thing. People watch us. Sometimes our payments come in the form of endorsements, you know, accolades, you know, being recognised. May not necessarily be the actual financial uh, payment. La. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so it is very important to all the ladies out there or, or even men. La. Let's put it this way. We are all recognised for the talents we bring to the table. We're not recognised for, you know, the gender. We're not recognised for just being a woman or being a man. Yeah. Mm. So that's my Yeah. So my it, it does la. sound like you already moved past that that view of like gender already. Mm. Right? It's like from from Marie's perspective, what I'm sensing here is that you've already moved past this whole like Oh, you men, women, doesn't matter, yeah. right? This is you being a great human, being a great, you know, um, fighter for your life and you yeah. live the life as you want to be. It doesn't matter, you know, what, what you have, right? It doesn't right. matter your gender. So I think that is very amicable, very interesting. Um, but then, you know, from, from a guy's viewpoint, right? There will always be this like, we don't understand how ladies do some stuff, right? It's like, it, you know, like how they always say, like, uh, ladies from Mars, is it? Eh, no, ladies from exactly. Venus, yeah. right? Yeah. And then and guys from Mars, it's like, my God, we live in a different world, right? Like, we think we know, but actually when we sit down and we talk, we don't really know. So then there's this one thing that, you know, uh, I think there's a lot of stereotypes around. Like, so because I'm not women, I don't try to act like I know. I'm trying to ask you, ask you ladies about, right? So it's like, there's this stereotype that, you know, women keep hidden cash. Right, hide right? in the wardrobe, uh, deep down, got this one box down there. If you can dig, 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 your mom's drawer sure can find it, although I never found it. Lah, huh? and so don't ask me why I dig there, but anyway. <laughs> so I was just kind of curious, like, do you ladies actually have this kind of like, you know, you feel like the need to keep a special stash away so that, you know, your partner doesn't know that you have this kind of excess cash for whatever reason that it is. Now let us take a break and we will be back with more questions for the ladies in the house. For all of you who have some interesting questions for them, reach out to us on our socials, on our Telegram group and yeah, we'll direct the questions over to the ladies at the mistress class. Uh, actually, when, when, you, when you talk about that, I'm looking at, I think about the wardrobe. Mm. And I think uh, it's, it's not hidden in a wardrobe. I think it's actually up front on display, you know, <laughs> where they spend the money on the clothes, the shoes, the bags, right? <laughs> you know, maybe not so much these few months, right? Mm. Uh, but I think it's widely believed that women do tend to save more. And as you said earlier, you know, tend to be more conservative uh, and um, you know, somehow have this feeling like they need to, you know, maybe it's a maternal instinct as well. Uh, but uh, and, and research also shows that uh, mother's uh, retirement pot is also lower than the men's. A man's. Mm -hmm. A father's, okay. Uh, and, and of course, this is largely due to women taking time off work, right? To be the main carer in the family um, and, and kind of losing maybe 10 years of their productive, um, I wouldn't say productive, sorry. I would say, you know, earning capabilities. Uh, because some of them, even when they try to get back to work, you know, it's, it's hard to get opportunities, right? Because sure. 10 years out of the market. Mm, mm. So how do they do that? Uh, we were saying that they save more, yeah, right? Yeah, like they secretly save and they don't talk about it, right? Is, is that the truth? 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, because, I don't... because when you're coming from the whole idea of retirement planning, right? Yeah. I, I thought that was a great point. And I'm not really like, at the level of retirement planning. So when, when I think about it, so oh, if I'm married, then retirement should be a together thing. Ma. Yeah. You know, but what you objectively brought out is that retirement is a separate thing, right? The man has a certain part, the lady has a certain part. Yeah. Right? So is that how retirement planning should be for women? Or is it, is it as a family entity, should we plan it together? Or yeah. how yeah. does that, you know, secure the lady's financial interest in, right. in the long run? Yeah. Yeah. So if, if I'm talking about uh, typically if both work, right? Okay, then, I mean, the big part in Singapore is the CPF. Mm. So, that's mm. your retirement pot. So Inevitable, speak, yes. Right? Mm. Um, but if you stop working, of course, your retirement pot, you know, becomes smaller, right? So, um, what I do uh, is, is encourage a lot of the fathers uh, or, or, or men to actually, you know, transfer some of their CPF balance to their spouse, okay? Or even the other way around. Sometimes it's a man who is, you know, mm. uh, a stay-at-home. Yeah. Um, because when it gets too lopsided, right, uh, it becomes a problem. Um, you know, you know that for CPF, you know, uh, when you get to sixty-five, you get a certain monthly annuity from CPF, uh, and if you don't have that much in there, you don't get it, right? So, in in a way, it's balancing out and providing for the other half, so that at least it's more equitable, right? Because women don't really get paid, you know, by working in the home in a way, right? Yeah. So, uh, but definitely, a couple should plan together. Of course, but what I'm saying is that if they don't plan, this is what happens, right? And the other thing about uh, saving is sometimes I think women also feel that um, they, they, you know, somehow with numbers or stock market, you know, they just switch off. Mm. Like, oh, it's too complicated. Very no, no. stressed. Very stressed, you know, mm. but they don't just, <laughs> they can have e- economic degrees, you know, but it's like, oh, no, no, I leave that to my husband. Oh, I hear that so much. And mm. that's really something I, I feel... You know, uh, if, if let's say if you start young as a millennial, you know, just have an interest in it. Um, and, uh, and, and I do a lot now in terms of that aspect, trying to have webinars and actually just open it out there, you know, have questions. You know, there's no silly question, mm. in fact. Um, and women also tend to do a lot more research, right? Mm. They tend mm. before they make a decision. Mm. So maybe that's why they tend to be more, um, they tend to save more in that sense, yeah. But saving is, has its own risk as well mm. in, in terms of inflation, for example. So... So, so when, when you when what you said right, there was this one term is uh, leave it to the husband, yeah, right. And what what is the issue with that? Like because it sounds like there is an issue with that. So I, I think that is an interesting viewpoint, right? It's like why is leaving things to the husband maybe not as applicable today, whereas it was actually applicable in the past? Because now actually women works, you know, it's not everything like right? So women mm. contribute to family, you know, income also. So then. Is there a need to also plan everything or can they still leave it to the husband? I think that's, a, that's an interesting... I think, uh, can I take this question? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, my mentor shared with us this story. Uh, his wife deliberately went to withdraw $10,000 cash and put it in a little box. And in this little box, she put it inside the cupboard. 
right? No <laughs> secret to the answer. Just, <laughs> just, just put it in exactly the cupboard. Exactly yeah. I, I know her. I know yes. her. So, <laughs> yeah. And then so the, the the husband asked her, you know, why you do that for? I mean, we have a lot of money. There are millionaires and all that. You know, she said, why why you do that? Why why do you want to put aside this ten thousand dollar cash? She said, it is not a matter of putting in a cash. It's a matter of my peace of mind. And the security that I feel that there's some money sitting there, kind of thing. So, um, so I come back to my story, right? Is this my mother saves up crazy? She virtually stings on everything. You know, she will go and buy recon aircon, right? And then it will last for six months. That aircon drop off, and then she will keep doing that. Buy fridge that's like all recon, everything recon because she she thinks she's saving money. Mm-hmm. But what she's wasting is all those electricity bill that goes up because of old old um you know old stuff and all that, right? And she she would eat porridge with my poor dad, you know, and, and save money, you know, and save, 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 save to the point where, like, they're not looking after themselves. So towards the last part, before my mom passed away two years ago, two years plus ago, right, they were very skinny and scrawny. Mm. So it, it becomes like, you know, yes, I got, I got no mortgage to pay, you know, I got some money, I feel secure. But on the other hand, right, the, these things are all falling apart, you know. And so... I think that the driving force is actually the security aspect of like knowing, you know, I have I don't owe anybody. I don't my children are not having to suffer. Because if we spend anyhow, then the, the, the children will suffer, the children will have to pay mortgage, then the debt is passed down generation to generation. So when I came back to, to, from, uh, from Hong Kong, back to Singapore, right, I, I opened up their savings and I said, look, you know, enough of this nonsense. Because what happens is their health suffers. So we end up, instead of saving 300 you spend 6000 Mm. You know, so so it, it went into the reverse of all these things. Yes, she may have security of mine, but the health is affected. Mm. The family is affected mm. in a sense. So, you know, yes, we as women want to save. We as women have this maternal instinct to not let our children suffer or not let the family, you know, uh, financial uh, situation to be in dire straits. But you got to understand, right? Does your saving really help the situation or make it worse? Yes, you can have security, but how can you have security? Perhaps like what Jeanette said, perhaps learn something about, you know, stocks and bonds and shares and all this. And I would encourage all the ladies out there to uh, to read this book by Kim Kiyosaki called Rich Woman. And she talks about women that, you know, pretty much dependent on the husband and then the husband run away la, or die, la, you know, then they virtually don't know what to do after that. So I encourage you to read that book. La. Mm. Yeah, yeah. tapping on that, I would like to add on my personal experience uh, to the point that you mentioned about leave it to the husband. So I have the real experience la, from my cousin. My cousin is actually um, quite well to do. Uh, it's like in Malaysia, he's got a few bungalow house. And uh, the wife actually is the house, housewife, so she she doesn't have like you know, keep a secret stash, you know, hidden because the the husband would not allow her to do that. Okay la, so she's like happily alone living with him la. So one day right, she found out that in the shopping mall she caught that um, my cousin. <laughs> Okay, I hope my cousin is not listening to this. <laughs> I'm sure you yeah. will be listening to <laughs> my this. My cousin, actually, right, was the one that telling her that right, she doesn't, he, he doesn't like to go shopping. But 
on one fine day, she caught that uh, my cousin actually hang out with another mistress. Mm. Yeah, sorry to say. Woman, woman, woman. 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 Okay, woman, yes. woman. Okay, use the right word. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There so, are 12 definitions in the dictionary. Only one is the not good one. Got it, got yeah, it. I remember, okay. I remember. I got this okay. in class. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, so, so come back to the story. So, um, so she found out and in fr- he, she like called my cousin in front of face to caught him, you know, red-handed. So when they get back home, right, the, the, my cousin actually told her that there you, you can divorce or not, right? Mm. Because she doesn't have money, man. There you, you know, divorce me. You will lose. Because, right, you, I mean, like, the court, la, the, divorce, the divorce court, la, things like that, right, all need a lot of money. You don't have money. Right? It's all from me, right? So she was very upset. La. She can't do anything. Yeah, so so one thing I want, and also she doesn't, uh, she shared with my mom actually. She she didn't trust that uh, she can go back to the workforce or so because of um, she's already unskilled, not not working uh, in the society for very many years. So I would just uh, this. So she just uh, quiet loss, keep it quiet, and then the my cousin is just go around. But of course I can't tell my her to divorce my cousin because my cousin is also my relative or so. So it's like in this kind of vicious cycle in the family dynamics, right, that cause an issue. La. So I would say that, uh, I mean, from my age, right, that see all this saga that happened, right, I would just say that the, it's not about just keep that stash of money. It's also like what uh, Marie said about security, not just about resources and also uh, emotionally and also for her self-esteem as well. It's a power to you know, step out, voice out, to walk away uh, confidently from the relationship. Yeah, so mm. I, I was quite sad la, to see her lost all those things from her. Mm. And uh, and also my, I think my cousin's son is called nephew, right? Yeah, has to go through all this vicious cycle. So I would also like to recommend that um, ladies in my, in my age, right? Usually we don't think about like keeping the secret stash of money, especially millennials nowadays. Uh, we will spend more and save less. Yeah, it's because we we will think that I uh, still got a long way to go, you know, in this stage of life. And then maybe the future husband we can get a rich man. Yeah, you know, right? And then the thing later. So now just go travel, go ladies. Crazy uh, rich Asians, <laughs> right? Yeah, 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 crazy rich yeah, Asians. Yeah, yeah. 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 and yeah. buy luxury stuff, yes. go expensive. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this is stress. Yeah, no stress, la. You know, they say because yeah, after yeah. married, no freedom. So yeah. now mm. go and Crazy yeah. rich Asian. But the worst is not crazy rich Asian. It's crazy Asian, not rich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, correct. Right. I also want to take this chance, right, for the women that are listening to this as well. Yeah, I, I think I read the book uh, about rich women as well. I'm blessed that I don't have this opportunity to uh, get myself uh, financially trained as well because this is not what the school has taught us as yes. well. We have to really go and learn it. And uh, not rely on other people to Don't pay, 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 pay our life. Correct, correct. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, and if I can add on, I mean, this is exactly why I'm passionate about doing what I do, mm. uh, because it starts with awareness. If we if we continue doing what we do, then you know you don't want to be in a stage where you have no choice. You know, and and that is like at the mercy of. I mean, that's the worst thing that can happen in a marriage, right? And you you know it becomes almost like a power play. Mm. Right and and you're being bullied in that way, yeah. So we need to actually uh, be defensive in a way, but also it's very interesting actually. <laughs> I mean, I don't know to me, um, and and I would, but I know it's very daunting, and it can be something that if you really don't like, you know, it's, you know, you can be very good at a lot of other things, but that can be an area that yes. you really don't know where to start. For example, so find a good friend 
or yeah. someone or join a, a join group, a club, join a club, join a club. You know, uh, you know, and you know, find a good financial advisor. You know, a professional one. You know, um, and then go from there. You know, get someone to hold your hand and then go together. You exactly. don't have to be alone in this, right? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And I think a lot of these things, right, they all stem from changing family and social dynamics, right? Because in the past, women didn't have a choice. So this, this doesn't, all these discussions didn't exist because male choice, ma, mm. right? Yeah. But now, because there is a choice and there's a push towards women empowerment and the independent women, then although there, it solves one problem, but it opened a whole new set of problems. Like how do you manage your finances and how do you manage your finances and your, your husband's finances and how do you manage the family structure and all these kind of different dynamics that, that you know, we can go on and on and yeah. on and on about. So I'm sure we, we cannot finish everything in one day. There'll, there'll be so much more. And I definitely hope that you ladies will be interested to come back. Yes. Next episode. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll come back again next yeah. episode. But, um, I think one thing that you, you ladies can share because you're a different phase of your life and I'm curious like is there a change in like spending patterns when you go from a girl to a woman? Right? Do you, do you see yourself spend differently? Right? Not like exactly like what Evelyn said. Right? Oh, young, uh, just play, uh, have fun, uh, it's okay, right? Just go and do your crazy rich Asian stuff. At what point do you decide that okay, now I need to switch and actually look further. How does that affect your spending patterns? I think it's also to uh, stem from family, um, how do you say, influence. Uh. Yeah, so if you are, you are born into a rich family, you may think that, you know, everything is honky-dory for you. Kind of thing. So um, I have um, coaches that are filthy rich, but the baggage that they have from being born in a rich family is actually... Um, Unbelievable that we wouldn't think of. For example, I, I relate one case to you, uh, which may not be related to financial, but it has everything to do with being born into a rich family. So, so pictures like crazy rich Asian, unfortunately, uh, is a uh, uh, story. Okay, so um, may not happen in real life. In that sense So what happened was uh, I was at a very rich person's house And then the mistress of the house Mistress of the house Okay Okay <laughs> So And then um, she was trying to pour us a glass of water And she She has always been in a rich family Where she got servants and all that So when she tried to pour the glass She broke the glass On the floor And what she did was She just stood there And stared at the broken pieces She doesn't know what to do She, she doesn't know to take a broom To do all these things It was her husband Who was not from a rich family Who was the one that says Okay, don't step on the glass Step out of the glass area You know, move aside He was the one that took the broom And the dustpan Everything to sweep it out So you know, doesn't give you that kind of uh, the, the life's training like, in that sense. So, how that, so it comes down to emotions and all that. How do you deal with a lot of money? How do you deal with no money? You know, there are two different spectrum kind of thing. So my culture, in that sense, uh, I, I'm, I'm born in a middle-income family, but my mother has never, in a sense, like, spoil us. We, we have to learn to save money. We have to learn to like, spend money. But when we buy something, she will always say, what do you need it for? Do you need it because you want it or need it or whatever reason for it, hunting? And she will always like, encourage us to, you know, not just save money, to just spend wisely in a sense, more on needs than wants. Yeah. But then you have another generation, like, spend, 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 spend. But then the thing is, at the end of the day, right, you open up your cupboard and you get an avalanche of stuff coming down, right? And you're like, mm. what do I do with them? 
you put on carousel. So, so what I'm picking up here is that you're saying that spending habits is more generational rather than transformational. That means like All you right. don't actually change your spending habits over time, yeah. but it is a lot more packed to the generation that you're in. Yes and no. Mm. If all things being equal, COVID didn't happen. Mm. Let's say, for example, right, you will continue to spend. But if you hit a crisis in life, financial crisis in life, you will definitely change your spending habits. Okay. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. A- anything to add, Jeanette? You've traveled so many different places. I'm sure, you know, even, even the price differences across. No, you don't feel anything about it. Well, uh, now I, I know that when I... I'm very afraid of, afraid of clutter now. Mm, so carousel is a good friend. <laughs> I hope not to use carousel. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh. But now before I buy anything, I think quite hard. It's not just about whether I can afford it, how much it is. Mm. Um, it's about, first of all, do I have it already? <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I think when this culture, this consumerism that's so... Okay, we can talk about like different countries, being in different countries. Singapore, my goodness, you go to any mall, you definitely spend money. You, you know, and and it becomes like a habit, yes, right. And I think I guess speaking to a lot of millennials on the call here, listening is like very natural. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And but I would say that you know think twice. Do you really need this? You yeah. know. And if you do, then um, is there another? You know, do you can you you know you know what I learned living overseas is one item can have many uses. Mm. You mm. don't need to have in the kitchen. You don't need to have. Uh, a knife for cutting avocado, a knife for cutting tomato, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you can use one knife for everything. Okay, yeah, but that's yeah. quite extreme, I know. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, definitely in terms of spending habits, that changes, you know, with life stages. Uh, and of course, um, when you get married, of course, when you... Of course, when you become a parent, you know, that, that is the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find... Uh, at first, I was, you know, you go to supermarkets... The first area or when you go to malls, you know, you always go to the kiddie stuff, right? Uh, because that's all you think about, yeah. 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 So essentially, there must be some life events that will then change your habits and change your perspective of how you value the dollar. Uh, yes, yes. Okay. But okay. unless something disrupts that. Yeah, like a and crisis, right? Like a crisis, what? yes. Mm. But also, I would say, uh, which um, now the more, the more I think about it, is having a good mentor. Mm. When you're right. young, you know, always look for someone older than you who mm. you aspire to be like yeah yeah and if that person i used i used to think i mean i, I know someone who happened to have an uncle who was very keen on property mm. and that uncle and my friend is like quite blur right <laughs> and this uncle actually told him hey you know you should buy this you know and whatever and so he said okay i have some spare cash i can put it on i buy it mm. and he's a millionaire mm, now mm, mm, so there's a there's there's a point where you know if if somebody were to come and uh, give you some ad- ideas advice you can take it at that point you know that can change your life right so it's not necessarily due to life stage but mm. also this kind of disruptions yeah mm. okay that's interesting yeah maybe I also can add on as well I think it's more also towards um, how much knowledge you have about financial things like that because uh, what I observe among my age group and uh, the age group that is older than me is that uh, our age group is that we will think, spend now, think later. Lah. You know, savings is kind of like a long, very painful thing. Yeah, so, and especially because of the, I would say, generation changes, okay, transformational changes in the market. Like right now, we just 
tap on our phone, like Lazada, Shopee, we can instantly mm. buy something. And then and Shopee keep bombarding you yes, right, every day. Yes, correct, correct. Shop, shop, beep, beep, beep. Correct, correct. <laughs> I also know how to sing the jingle, yes. although I never use. Like, and, and like what yeah. you say about carousel, it's like yeah. we don't need it, we just sell on a carousel, yeah. you know. Mm. So we will not think that lifespan is that long. We just think about now. It's the very instant gratification kind yes. of thing uh, that a lot of young millennials we are having because right now, mm. even cloak travel is so cheap. I mean, like pre-COVID. Mm, mm, so we will go Oh, now even friends. cheaper. Even you and can see that like, <laughs> the primary... If you can go. Yeah, yeah, if you can go, if you can go. Yeah, well, right now, the primary school students are buying Starbucks. Oh mm. my God, they are... I mean, like, you can... I mean, like, my, my age... I mean, like my era also, I was like, I can't even afford a Starbucks, you know. Mm. We will save that money to buy another bigger toy, you know. Yeah, yeah so I would say it's also a, a bit of generational changes yeah. and and also the peer pressure as well. Mm. And uh, right now is that, uh, okay, I'm not just spending, it's also for investment. There's so, so many uh, investment platform and like, for example, crypto, mm. uh, I would say stock shares that you can go in as low as $1,000 because right now, because of the fintech development, right? Mm. We, I mean, like the younger generation, we tend to not going so much of fact finding. We just, friends say, good, good, this is good. And then we just go in. Yeah, so that's where a lot of uh, young people like us got burned because we don't have much financial uh, knowledge about how it works. We don't really go in, de in depth to study how it works. And then we just want to get quick reach. Yeah. Need to subscribe to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think I think this is a lot of millennials what we're facing because yeah. nowadays I've heard a lot of friends say, I, I lend my friends money, then go investment. Yeah. You know, we definitely in the early twenties we hit this kind of uh, mm. lessons. Mm. Yeah. Actually, we we shouldn't. We don't need. We can bypass all these lessons one mm. by like what she say, find a right mentor. Yeah. Or even listen to a podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks yeah. for thanks for plugging. And actually, I, I want to elaborate on what you just said, right? You, you realize that this is not unique to the millennial generation. Actually, it's just the previous generation have all made their mistakes also. Oh, okay. Right, right. Yeah. It's just that um, in, in maybe in our current generation, uh, some of the things are different because of increased accessibility, right? Yes. Because all these kind of fintech, you can now easily and readily do it, right? So yep. um, for all you millennials out there, don't bash yourself if you've made some mistakes and, you know, uh, definitely talk to people that are wise and you know we will have a deeper discussion about what is wise you know, as we go along so no, no worries about that and to sum up you know the session today I know uh, you ladies are way more than just about finance right so could each of you just kind of share with us you know some life lesson that you would love to share with all the young ladies tuning in today um, so I just want to link this in with exactly what Evelyn was saying you know in terms of investments I mean of course that's that's uh, that's really what I, I am passionate about right now. But okay. also, Reggie, I've listened to your uh, podcast and I know you like to go by three points. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I've done good. homework. Huh? Yeah, got to do homework. So right, I have three points yes, to share. Yes. Okay. So the first one is diversification. So, you know, um, diversification in, in the investments, yes, in finances, but also in terms of friends. Okay. And, uh, and maybe I say that from experience and that, you know, don't... Uh, I tell my kids now, you know, in the canteen at recess, don't just sit with the same people. Of course, they don't understand, right? Because they are like primary school. But, I mean, just trying to open up, you know, there's so many different people, you know, so interesting. Everyone has different stories. You know, join different groups. You know, go to different social gatherings and all that. Um, and, and widen that perspective. So, diversification, you know. Mm. Point number two? Point number two <laughs> is the power of compounding. 
Yeah, and oh my goodness, you know, Albert Einstein said it's the eighth wonder of the world, you know, and uh, and very often, yes, when I do speak to millennials, it's like, oh, I just started working, I want to enjoy, which pub shall we go, you know, uh, whereas we, you know, we go to like, hey, we got free drinks tonight, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> ladies' night, yeah. I got a whole list of ladies' night, wow, uh, we go pub hopping, you know, but um, but that's precisely why you should get started because you have time on your side. You know, uh, I did this calculation. If you set aside $1,000 a month in an investment vehicle that you 6.5% a year, uh, in 20 years, you would have half a million. Yeah, and that's the power of compounding. And setting aside $1,000 a month, I don't know, maybe to, to some people, you know, it's, it's quite a lot. You know, but that's just the idea. You can start with 200 500 at least get started, you know. And, and uh, at least that's a good habit to form. I mean, especially as young as possible. Right and uh, also Google the the rule of seventy two. I think that's one good thing. There. And the third thing again, I come back to finding a mentor, uh, and not just on a you know financial side of things, but uh, where you want to go, you know, in life, what you want to do, you know, where do you aspire to be in five, ten years time, you know, and it could be a family member, you know, um, an auntie even, you know, or a colleague. Uh, even your boss, it could be, right? And what I'd say is, you know, invite them out for coffee, you know, say buy them lunch, uh, ask them questions, you know, listen to their advice, you know, be open-minded. And that is so good if you can learn from someone who's done it before, yeah. Usually they will end up paying for the lunch, lah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah from right? my personal experience, that's the same case also. <laughs> <laughs> they might say, you know what, yeah, you listen to but me. But you know, like. I don't know, maybe it's age or what. I feel like I really have so much to share. You know, that's why Evelyn, dear, you know, we, we are going to have coffee soon, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I feel like I want to, to, to share so much, you know. And so when you're a millennial, you know, grasp this opportunity when people love to teach you, you know, and then you don't have to go through it yourself. Thank you. Thank Thanks you. for sharing. Yes, I also have three points. Okay. That's cool. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Point number one is uh, need versus one. So what you do is like when you see something that you want to buy, right, just hold first, think about it for 24 hours. If it's still desirable for you after 24 hours, then the, you probably need it in a sense. So I have like $100 in my pocket. I can go in a shopping center and still come up with $100. Now, that's the power of self-control, and, and also think like If it's a need, right What do you need it for? Are you going to use it Like more than five times? If not, then don't bother lah, Basically So number two is Set up boxes So pay yourself first So when your salary comes in, right Put 10% aside for yourself And then if your husband and wife Do the same thing Now I have my own account. My husband has, a, has his own account and we have a joint account. So all the salaries will come into the joint account. Then we give ourselves, you know, two boxes each. One for our own savings and one for, the, the, um, like for us to spend. And then the rest is to pay bills and everything. So that's another thing. The third thing is <clears throat> join our mistress class. Because, <laughs> uh, no, um, <clears throat> why I say join a mistress class? So if you need an explanation, you know, ask to join into the FB private page, you all the explanation there. But why I say join that is because we have people like Jeanette and Evelyn there, you know, with all the, the thing in a sense, like coming back to the mentors, you don't need just one mentor, you can have a few mentors in a sense with different facets of your life or seasons of your life too. So Mistress Class has got people that can give you some advice, help you through the emotional roller coaster. So because it's not just a matter of saving money, what about losing money? What about when you lost your job? What about, you know, um, you don't know when the next meal is coming or these things. You need all the support and we are here to, to form a net to catch you before you fall like, basically. So it's Mistress Class, okay? It's SG underscore Mistress Class. Yeah, it's nothing to do with that extra woman. 
So just to <laughs> let you know. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. That's cool. Yes, Evelyn. Okay, so three points as well. Uh, more towards uh, young women. Love yourself first. Um, it's okay to be alone. A lot of uh, women, it's like they are coming 30s, they'll start panicking that, oh my God, gonna be, am I going to be spinster? So they start to go, mm. go to Tinder, a lot of dates. You, know, you mm. don't need that. You see, if we invest in ourselves, the be emotionally rich, be confident in what we're doing, add values to people, we'll live a fulfilling life and attract the right people into our life, right? So there's no, no scarcity in it. It's a life of abundance. Secondly, be like water. And I think that it's a privilege to be a woman in this era. You can be like, you know, like show your feminism as soft approach when you know you, you saw some uh, men are uh, like being angry and things like just that there a bit, you know, soft <laughs> approach. Yeah, and then right after that, you know, when, you know, when, when the, the person like come down, you can show your masculinity, masculinity to be tough, you no know, show your tough side. So can be like water, you know, we just need to know how to use that, right, at the right setting. Um, thirdly, self-sufficient. Yeah, so I think just now we mentioned, right, it's not just financially and also emotionally, and most importantly, it's our intelligence as well, financial intelligence as well. Uh, and uh, to, when, to hear our inner voice, uh, when there's something that we want to voice up, step up and voice up. Yeah. And lastly, uh, willpower not, will not last. I think uh, you guys are my uh, mistress club, and uh, Financial Coconut has a very great environment. You know, relate ourselves in the right environment, right? That's where you know, we can grow together. Right, so that's all I feel like Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, I don't think I really need to plug myself anymore. <laughs> the ladies have done a great job and sharing with all of you today. And definitely check out Mistress Class on Facebook. And for any more future episodes, definitely continue to join us at The Financial Coconut. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you learned something useful today and truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with the financial coconut. Knowledge is that much more powerful and interesting when shared, debated and discussed. I hope you would share what you gain with people you love and I want to hear from you. Give me some questions and help me along with building a community of financially savvy coconuts. I hope together we can fulfill our curious minds and our desire for clarity. Join our community telegram group, reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, everything is in the description below. If you enjoy the podcast and feel you want to keep us growing and stay independent, do buy us a Kofi at Kofi.com. With that, have a great day ahead, stay tuned next week and always remember, personal finance can be chill, clear and sustainable for all. Test, test. Wow, it was fun. Um, not easy, huh? managing so many women in the house. But I hope you learned something useful. And for the ladies at the mistress class, they definitely focus a lot more on the human emotion, the human psyche, the individual growth as a woman beyond just personal finance. So if you have other questions, you want to reach out to them, head over to the mistress class. For next week, next week we're going to spend some time to talk about this thing called hype ETFs, which means ETFs that are created out of hype. Like now it's the work from home hype, right? Before that, there was a cannabis hype, there was a robotics hype, there was all kinds of hype. And a lot of these hype ETFs or some after, after the hype, they're called theme ETFs, they don't really perform as well. And we'll spend a little bit more time to talk about why you know um, hype ETFs tend to fail. 
right? And because I know a lot of people want to learn to invest and do all this kind of stuff and ETFs is like a thing now, right? So yeah, next week, we're going to spend some time going to give you three reasons to share with you why hype ETFs tend to fail expectations. See ya next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.